Welcome to the Jesus Joy and Java Special Summer Series. In these next six weeks, I will be sharing with you some of the most popular episodes of seasons one through five. I appreciate all the feedback you have provided and the stories of how these episodes have encouraged you to draw closer to Jesus. Sisters, while I prepare for the launch of season six in August, I hope you will enjoy the next six weeks of your favorite episodes. This episode was not only one of the most downloaded episodes, it is also one of my favorites. It is all about the fruit of faithfulness. You can find it in season two, the Fruit of the Spirit series. In this episode, we learn how to grow and nurture this fruit of faithfulness in our lives. And I also share a very personal experience about a time when my full dependence was on God. I don't know about you, but I've had to go through quite a few trials in order to grow this fruit in my life. In fact, recently I had an experience where I had to put all of my faith in Jesus and believe in His promise to heal me. I'll be sharing all about that in Season 6. Please note, I've edited this episode, but I hope that you will go back and listen to all 20 minutes of it. And I also hope that you will listen to all of season two so that you may learn about the rest of the fruit of the spirit. Okay, grab your cup of java, sit back, and let's learn all about faithfulness. Hebrews chapter 11. The men and women on this list not only had incredible faith in God, they also wanted to please God by being obedient to him. There are 16 characters mentioned in the Hall of Faith, but today we will only be looking at two of them, Noah and Rahab. When you go back to read Hebrews 11, you will recognize some of the names in that chapter as we have already read their stories in previous episodes. I encourage you to read about these men and women as they are true examples of faithfulness. They went through persecution, torture, imprisonment, and mistreatment, yet they never lost faith in God. Their stories encourage us to persevere and to never lose faith. So let's begin with Noah. To give you a better understanding of why Noah made it to the Hall of Faith, here's a brief summary of his story, which is found in Genesis chapters 6 through 9. God saw how great wickedness had become and decided to wipe mankind from the face of the earth. However, one righteous man among all the people of that time, Noah, found favor in God's eyes. With very specific instructions, God told Noah to build an ark for him and his family in preparation for a catastrophic flood that would destroy every living thing on earth. God also instructed Noah to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, both male and female, and seven pairs of all the clean animals, along with every kind of food to be stored for the animals and his family while on the ark. Noah obeyed everything God commanded him to do. 
After they entered the ark, rain fell on the earth for a period of 40 days and nights. The waters flooded the earth for 150 days, and every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out. As the waters receded, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. Noah and his family continued to wait for almost eight more months while the surface of the earth dried out. Finally, after an entire year, God invited Noah to come out of the ark. Immediately, he built an altar and worshipped the Lord with burnt offerings from some of the clean animals. God was pleased with the offerings and promised never again to destroy all the living creatures as he had just done. Later, God established a covenant with Noah. In Genesis 9-11, God says, Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. As a sign of this everlasting covenant, God set a rainbow in the clouds. In Hebrews 11.7, we read, By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. So as you can see, Noah trusted in God. What evidence did he have to go on when God said to build the ark? Noah completely trusted that God would protect him and his family. How beautiful is it to have complete faith in God and just believe in his promises, right? So now let's move on to Rahab. You're probably thinking, who is Rahab? <laughs> well, in Hebrews 11.31, it says, By faith, the prostitute, Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Rahab was known as a harlot or a prostitute. She helped the Israelite spies. And you can find her story in the book of Joshua chapter 2. But here's a brief summary. When the Israelites were finally ready to occupy the land which had been promised for more than 400 years, God brought them to the city of Jericho. At that time, Moses had died and Joshua was now in charge. He sent men out to spy out the land. When they went into Jericho, they ended up at Rahab's home and business place where she frequently hosted guests and visitors. News got out to the king of Jericho that there were spies in the land and there was a threat of war. Soldiers came to Rahab's house to ask about the Israelite spies, but she hid them on her roof and lied to the soldiers. She told them that the spies had been there, but that they had left. This sent the soldiers in a different direction to search. Rahab told the spies that she had heard about the Israelites and how God had done great things for them. She was confident that their God was going to defeat Jericho too. So she begged them to save her, her parents, and siblings in return for the protection she provided to them. The spies agreed. They told her to tie a scarlet thread on her window 
so that the Israelite warriors would not attack her home during the war. When Jericho was destroyed, Rahab and her family were saved. We see in this story that Rahab took a step of faith and decided to trust in God, even though she did not know him. Wow. And now I want to share a story about a woman who is not mentioned in the Hall of Faith, but she had tremendous faith in Jesus. You can find her story in the book of Matthew, chapter 9, verses 20 to 22. Let's read those verses together. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, If I may only touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. Did you notice here in this story that she said, I shall be made well? Not perhaps or maybe. No, she had complete confidence and faith that only Jesus could heal her. More than likely, she had already seen every doctor and tried every home remedy. She had a childlike faith. She believed in his omnipotence and trusted him completely. These stories from the Bible encourage us to have more faith in Jesus, even when we do not know what our future may hold. We can still take that leap of faith like Noah, or Rahab, or that woman who touched Jesus' garment. So what is it like to have faith in God? Have you ever had to depend on God completely during a trial? Have you ever had to surrender to Him and say, God, do your will? Well, in previous episodes, I've shared about some trials that I've been through where my faith has been tested. But there's nothing like getting to the point where you are completely dependent on God. So now I want to share a personal story of something I went through in December of 2001. During that time in my life, I was under a lot of emotional stress and was diagnosed with shingles. I was only 35 years old. For those of you who are not familiar with shingles, shingles is a viral infection that causes a painful rash. It is caused by the varicella zoster virus. That's the same virus that causes chickenpox. So after you've had the chickenpox, the virus stays in your body for the rest of your life, and years later, this virus may reactivate as shingles. Shingles usually show up on either the right side or the left side of your torso. Well, guess where I got it? <laughs> I got it on the right side of my scalp, my face, and my neck. <laughs> At first, I had no idea what it was because I went to the ER for a massive headache. But earlier that day, I had noticed a small blister on the right side of my forehead. Within a few hours, that blister had spread and become a line of small blisters from the right side of my forehead down to my right eyebrow. As soon as the doctor saw it, he immediately said it was shingles. 
Well, even the doctor was shocked that I had it as shingles is most common among people over 65. I was told that there was really nothing I could do about it but just wait for it to go away while I took painkillers. When this happened, I had only been walking with the Lord for about three months and I had already been attacked in so many different ways because I was still trying to do things my own way and had not completely surrendered to God. When I heard the doctor tell me that I had to stay in a room by myself for about four to six weeks, I knew I just had to let go. I had to surrender and let God take over. It was a complete and total surrender. I ended up staying in a room at my stepmother's house while I recovered. During my recovery, I remember reading the entire book of Job. I prayed day and night. I cried because the pain was unbearable. After the first few days of quarantine, when I saw the shingle spreading from my scalp to half of my face, I knew for sure I wasn't going anywhere, and I cried out to God to help me. I had welts and fluid-filled blisters from my scalp all the way down to my neck. I looked like a monster. After the first week, the blisters had already reached my right eyelid, and I had to see an eye specialist just to make sure that I didn't go blind. All I know is that during all of this, I felt like that woman that we just learned about, the woman who knew that if she could only touch the hem of Jesus' garment, she could be healed. I would cry out to Jesus because I knew only he could heal me. After approximately three weeks, the blisters started to disappear. It took me about six weeks to completely heal, but and now after 21 years, all of the scars on the right side of my face are gone. Not only did he heal me, I felt as if I went through a complete cleansing, externally and internally. Like most trials, it's not pleasant while we're going through them, but we grow our faith and God has shown me that perhaps this trial that I went through may encourage someone going through something similar, which is why I'm sharing this with you. So how do we become a woman of faith like Rahab? or like the woman who did everything she could to get to Jesus and touch the hem of his garment. For some, it may come easily to depend completely on God, but for some of us, it may take going through trials and hardships. So let's talk about some ways we can nurture our fruit of faithfulness and apply it to our lives. As always, we start with prayer. Ask God to increase your faith. Ask Him to give you a childlike faith, a type of faith that doesn't doubt. Just as when a child leaps into the arms of their mother or father, they don't doubt that their parent will catch them, right? That's what a childlike faith is. In Matthew 18, verses 1-5, through 5, it says, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, as I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. 
And number two, we need to trust. To grow our faithfulness requires complete trust in God. Trust that He is who He says He is and will always keep His promises. Remember that verse we read earlier, Hebrews 11.1, which says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see? Well, think of a trial that you faced in which you had to have complete dependence on God. Didn't your faith grow after you passed that valley? God uses our difficult situations and storms in our life to grow our faith. No matter what the trial may be, we can always trust that God will take our burdens and use them for good. And what a blessing it is when we put our confidence in God. Jeremiah 17 verses 7 and 8 says, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit.